Welcome to the Ether. Today is Monday, January 2nd, 2023. Today on the Ether, the bare bones of Web3, episode 12. Let's take a listen. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Saberstein. Good morning, MB, Sheldon, Mandau, Earl Gray. How's everybody doing today? Good morning, everyone. Just getting all of the links and everything in the comments and the nest. And yeah, very nice to see OMB and Sheldon up here. Definitely looking forward to this first one of 2023. Hey, Bees. Hey, guys. Uh, MB here. Yeah, great to be here with you. Um, Happy New Year and cheers from Australia. And Happy New Year from Miami. It's um, not too early here, but Miami uh, tends to get a late start after New Year's. Well, I'll get the show started. Happy New Year. The date is January 2nd, 2023. Welcome to Bare Bones of Web3, Episode 12, with your host, Saberstein, EJ the Founder, and B-Bands, your weekly dose of Web3 news, opinions, market analysis, and updates. This show is sponsored by Space Skellies. Please see the links above for more information. This show is for entertainment and information purposes only. Don't be silly. This is not financial advice, information, entertainment. None of the topics discussed should be taken as such. If you are interested in these topics, please do your own research. So thank you so much for coming. This week on Bare Bones, we actually have a few special guests. Um, I hope Tank hops in because he's, oh, there he is. Sweet. Um, We have IBC Gang's Crypto Tank. Orbital Commands MB, and Sheldon, the technical lead at Octopus Network. This week's show is going to be a little bit different to ring in the new year. We will actually be discussing a tweet Willy Woo had shared with our guest. This topic is very heavy stuff for all you DeFi and DAP lovers. So we will cover a few new topics, go to our market analysis, and then end our discussion regarding Willy Woo's tweet thread that stated, DeFi apps can never be truly decentralized. On the Bare Bones Newsreel, Kernel Labs, they do decentralized applications for payment systems. CEO Kim Young Jong also was the vice president of engineering at Terraform Labs. His assets have been frozen in the amount of 61 million. These funds have been tied to pre-issued Luna coins, along with another CEO and executive, Kim A of Kernel Labs, who received 31 million. There are a total of seven people being investigated for receiving pre-issued Luna tokens. But there is better news for the former TerraLab employees. A South Korean judge has rescinded warrants for several Terraform Lab employees, including Terra co-founder Shin Hyun Song and the head of business Yomo, no longer have warrants on them. For our next story, in a previous show, we covered REN protocol. This lets you send BTC and other cryptos across chain. It provided a one-to-one. So Put in BTC, you get a one-to-one of REN BTC. So we covered how it was purchased by Alameda. However, with the fall of FTX, REN protocol had to needed to do some revised uh, future plans. We discussed their version two of REN protocol that is coming out. The REN DAO voted and it, it is voted to mint 180 million new REN tokens, which equals $10.8 million for their version two of its protocol. They will be suspending the original version. However, there is currently 12.5 million REN BTC locked in it. Next story, Core Scientific Mining and Blockchain Company reporting billions in debt is now bankrupt. It is filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Energy costs and low price of Bitcoin have put many mining operations under pressure. Among the creditors is Fidelity, Vanguard, and BlackRock. BlackRock has also added an additional $17 million in convertible notes to the current $37.9 million loan to Core Scientific. This is to aid in their restructuring plan for the project. Currently, Core Scientific has no plans on selling equipment, but they will be lo- looking at selling mining sites that have not yet been d- developed. 
completed development. And for our final story, before we go on to our market updates, we have Axelar. They have a new $60 million fund for innovation. In an article on CryptoSlate and on BlockFi, the fund is aimed at development of specific areas of innovation. And I wanted to state these three um, areas. They are solve global problems that the centralized internet cannot access, address, safeguard digital sovereignty, security, and privacy, and onboard masses easily without unnecessary friction between specific blockchain or tokens. Standard boilerplate, let's save the world. <laughs> All this is being focused on building during the bear market. A supporter of, of, uh, of Axelar, which is Polygon, has its own accelerator program called Beacon that launched in 2022. So later this month, Beacon will be having a demo day for its founders to pitch ideas. Um, it is stated that they're looking for the next 100 unicorn projects. So for all of you builders, if you have an idea, it might be time to check out Axelar's Innovation Fund and Polygon's Beacon Accelerator Program. Now, um, I just want to hand over the mic to uh, Saberstein, where she's going to be covering our crypto market analysis. Good morning, everyone. I am going to start with some just some simple statistics for 2022. Uh, so Bitcoin finished the year down 64.89% uh, for 2022. So not a very good year for bulls, definitely a decent year for bears. In 2021, the top 10 coins by market cap included Bitcoin, Ethereum, BNB, USDT, Solana, USDC, XRP, Cardano, Luna, and Avalanche. 2022 saw the removal of Solana and Avalanche, and Luna imploded, making way for Doge, Polygon, and Binance's stablecoin, BUSD, to claim their spots to finish out 2022. So now we actually have three stablecoins in the top 10 for crypto market caps. Kind of interesting. Uh, the first chart this year will be the yearly chart. So each candle will represent 12 months of price action. Normally, I use a Binance chart, but I'm going to be using a Bitfinex chart for the yearly candle because it has a price history beginning in 2013, whereas the Binance chart price history begins in 2017. So we have a little bit more information. Um, something to note with volume is the Bitfinex chart shows declining volume for the 2022 candle, whereas the Binance chart actually shows the highest volume um, ever in 2022 due to what I believe to be more trading on Binance now over Bitfinex. You have to remember that back in, um, you know, like 2013, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, those um, days Binance was not as popular and actually wasn't even around until 2017. Uh, so the candle for 2022 closed a bearish engulfing candle. Uh, I know some have probably seen it on Twitter. A lot of people have been posting it, meaning that sellers have overtaken buyers. Uh, it is generally seen at the end of upward price movement, indicating a potential change in trend. So from bullish to bearish in this case. Bitcoin has never had a bearish engulfing candle on the yearly chart, and it has also never had four red quarters in a row. However, this does not mean Bitcoin goes to zero. Um, it, in 20, like, I, I, I took a look at the SPY chart um, because a lot of times we can look at charts from the stock market to give us ideas about what might happen in the crypto markets because the crypto markets are still really really new traditional markets have been around for a lot longer and so we have a lot more price action to look at so in 2008 the spy closed the year a huge bearish engulfing candle around 90 dollars then in 2009 made a lower low around 68 dollars and began a bull run to a high of 322 dollars in 2019, before the COVID lows, but then continued on upwards after that anyways. So something to note there that I've noticed is just because we have a really large um, bearish engulfing candle does not mean we're going to just tank, right? Does not mean we're just going to go down, 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 down. Um, we can look at candles and their meanings, but it also depends on things like supports, resistances, also, you know, like supply, demand zones and uh, fundamental analysis as well. So we have to take into consideration many things, especially when you're looking at a yearly chart. All right, now moving on, the weekly chart shows that setting alerts and spending time with family was the trade to take for the past two weeks. 
as we saw sideways action with very low volatility. Uh, we still have our demand zone below around 15,900 and resistance above around 17,600. Reminder that when we touched our recent high of 18,400 before um, the holidays began, we rejected previous support and that's now turned resistance. So we need buyers to come in to support the price as lack of buyers will cause the price to fall lower until buyers are found. So until we find a price where buyers are happy and want to actually start accumulating or um, buying for long-term or even buying for, buying for uh, you know, like a short-term swing trade, we, we need to see that volume come in. So still bearish overall until the chart shows me bullish movement or there's a catalyst to bring in large buying volume. Bear markets are boring as most of retail is gone, having given up most, of, most or all of their gains made in the bull run due to lack of risk management and a diamond hand mentality. Or some people just don't do well in a bear market and they need their money in the bull market and now they're going to take a break. For those of us that are still here, the worst thing we can do is to not learn from the mistakes that we made as they will then be truly worthless. Um, one, day the, one day the bear market will end. It's just a matter of when. So not a bad idea to just take some time to reflect on 2022 and, and you know what you did and what you can improve on. Uh, just my thoughts, though, because that is definitely what I am going to be doing. Uh, and now EJ has our first traditional market update of 2023. Good morning, everyone. Apologies. Uh, I'm a little sick today. So if I sound different, that that's just a... Uh... That's my sickness running through me. So we're going to get right right to it. First off, uh, you made it. You made it to 2023. So congratulations. I hope everyone had a good time and was safe. Uh, but we did not have a market analysis going into Christmas. But as you saw, we had a lot just move sideways. Nothing really happened. Um, and then this this week, we do have uh, like key events. We have Friday, the market was the final or this is like to reflect into last week. Sorry, I'm going to cover it real quick. Uh, Friday marked the final day of trading, and it has been a very, very painful year. All three of the major averages suffered their worst year since 2008 and snapped a three-year winning streak. The S&P uh, 500 finished down 19.4%. The tech-heavy ha tech NASDAQ, as we know, there's a lot of tech that everyone loves, Facebook being one of those, uh, NASDAQ was down 33.1% to close the year. And as I always say, Dow was the one that was performing well. It is down 8.8%. So definitely not down as far as the others. And then this was due to all the inflation and aggressive rate hikes from the Federal Reserve. It kind of uh, battered the growth. People didn't really want to get back into investing. Technology stocks weighted on investor sentiment as well, such as Facebook, uh, NVIDIA, and all those. And then the geopolitical concerns and the volatile economic data kept everyone on edge and kept everyone on the sidelines. Uh, and then to finish out the year, the communications services was actually the worst performing sector of the S&P 500, falling more than 40% down. Um, the energy sector actually was the only sector to rise 59 point or 59%. So a lot of people have been sleeping on green energy, um, you know, ETFs or whatever you're getting into. Definitely make sure you are always uh, getting a diversified portfolio. So like an ETF of great energy stocks would be like RYE, that would be the ticker symbol. Uh, but check those out just to give you guys a quick perspective of, of what has happened. And then going into this week, um, we have, let's see, on Monday we have, well today, the US stock market is closed for New Year's Day, obviously. Uh, Tuesday, we have the exact, so this is where we're going to have a lot of uh, the computer chip updates, uh, such as NVIDIA. So on Tuesday, we have the exec executives with NVIDIA will share some of the company's latest inventions at the trade show in Las Vegas. So tomorrow we'll get to see what they have expected. Wednesday we have AMD, which is not another chip company. Uh, AMD will be watched closely as their executives uh, have their keynote speeches. And then on Thursday we have St. Louis Federal Reserve Bank President James B uh, Ballard is scheduled to give a presentation on the U.S. economy and monetary policy to start the year off. 
And lastly, this is the most important thing to close the week. We have uh, all day will be Richmond, Fe- Richmond Federal Reserve Bank President Thomas Barkin and Atlanta Federal Reserve Bank President Ralphel Bostic are also scheduled. And then to start the day off, it will get very volatile on Friday morning with the December jobs report is expected to show a 57,000 non-farm payroll additions to the economy and the unemployment rate holding steady at 3.7%. So if unemployment rate is up over 3.7%, we will see the market uh, most likely tank very bad because we are at key levels already. Um, The average hourly earnings are forecasted to slow to a 4.9% from the pace of 5.1%. So hopefully you guys, if if you have a job, you got yourself a raise between now and then. Um, But anyways, Friday would be the day I say pay attention. Not too much going on this week, uh, but that is it. Like I said, you guys made it to 2023. Let's make it a good year. And we're always here to give you those market analysis. So B-Bands, I'm going to pass it back to you. Thank you, guys. Um, I'm just going to do some quick announcements. There's uh, three announcements, and then we will head on to chat with our guest. Um, so for Space Skelly's announcements, uh, Doodles Mint sold out in 10 hours with community members receiving one doodle per five Skelly held. The mint was gamified, and the doodle o- owners were able to receive stars in return for sending their doodle NFTs to the treasury based upon which ID they sent. Um, next uh, announcement, the Terminator one of one Skelly sold for 34,999 stars. Nice little hefty, <laughs> hefty uh, turnaround. And the floor price currently is 1,300 stars. Just wanted to uh, give some little quick updates on Space Skellies. And now let's chat about our Willy Woo tweet. So I think I should post it to the top and then um, hold on. And then we can chat about it. It's a little bit of a long uh, thread, so I'm not going to read. Um, the whole thread, but there are a couple of key things that I want. I'm going to read the first part of the thread and then um, we can go and chat with our uh, guest. The thread was uh, the Twitter post that Willie Wu had uh, put out was on December 29th and I linked it to the top. It says DeFi apps can never be truly decentralized. I've been pondering this deeply. Anything that works will need trusted centralized parties if true dapps and layer ones are just a wild goose chase over an intractable problem please prove me wrong and so he's and he goes on to say to be clear i'm saying the promise of web3 where someone can write a dap on layer one environment and have it self-governed fairly and have interop with other apps won't work in generalized case across the web now there's quite a few other things where he talks about the Sybil attack. Now Sybil attacks, if you don't know what they are, I went to Wikipedia, so I'm gonna just give you the quick uh, synopsis. A Sybil attack is a type of attack on a computer network in which an attacker subverts the services reputation system by creating a large no- number of pseudonymous identities and uses them to gain a disproportionately large influence like over governance or um, anything like that. So um, I I was reading this, this was a heavy subject, and I wanted to go to our guest um, and see if you guys wanted to chime in or maybe even chat about another piece of uh, the thread, another part of the thread. I mean, I'm going to let you finish because the first time someone showed this to me, my reaction was, why is Willie Wu dipping his toe in the kid's pool just to call it sour? Like, I, I think on the whole, there's like a significant volume of misunderstandings and kind of like just misframings of how some of these things are supposed to work. Like we're not building new de- uh, decentralized exchanges to replace centralized exchanges. So I just had to to point out like there's there's a whole chunk of the stuff that is, you know, really hard to like argue on its face. It's like, how do you explain to a toddler who's trying to argue against you why a orange is actually a banana? You know, like these are different things. They're supposed to be different. Just had to say that, and my cat agrees. I don't know if y'all heard that, but what, 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 was he like meow? I didn't hear him. Yeah, exactly. As soon as I finished, like meow. Yeah, it was funny. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a pretty long thread, and I just um I just felt like, you know, as I was reading it, I mean, he is he does have points, and I know that he's dipping his toe in in the in the pool, and and 
you know, maybe not specifically explaining it correctly, but I just feel like he's trying to share how everything is so centralized, essentially, like with AWS, the Amazon Web Services, we just found out a few weeks ago that, you know, 69% of Ethereum nodes are run on AWS. So that just kind of shows the centralization of everything. Um, and how it's kind of it's, it's very difficult to prevent civil attacks. Uh, Tank, I know you had been talking about uh, civil attacks and how it affects the Cosmos ecosystem. Uh, do you have anything you would like to share? No, um, yeah, I've been talking about that. It's a little different. Uh, when I first read Really Woos, and this is a lot, he 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 brought he broad brush stroked uh, with his first initial post, with and then followed it things up. Uh, and just kind of went everywhere. But I really like what Sheldon said. Uh, I think it's, he's presenting it in a way that is, in my opinion, unfair um, and doesn't do DeFi justice or even like what he's saying, you know, with decentralization very much justice because he's hopping all over the place um, with a broad stroke. We're not trying to uh, replace, you know, it's more giving options to individuals. Uh, and that's what DeFi is all about. Uh, and so I just wanted to kind of like just reiterate what Sheldon was saying. That That's what I, when I first read it, so I had to read it like three times. And then I was like, but you're just missing the point. The point is we're, we're building options for people, not trying to replace things entirely. Um, I do understand, like you were saying, though, throughout his thread, he does have some points, obviously. And, and you know, and it, there is some truth to that. But I think, I think for the sake of content, he's, he's. I don't know. I think it was a, a broad brushstroke that was a bit unfair. And Cosmos is a little, I don't know, a little different, though. So I don't know if I want to get into that just right now, though. <laughs> I mean, we're here to chat. So, <laughs> hey, Sheldon, sorry. Well, I got this. No, hey, you're good. I got this bait feeling from it. And I, I, I want to back away from my, like, vaguity and philosophy for a second and just point out something, like, pretty... Uh, I'd say objective or deterministic. Like I, I have my, uh, you know, sort of statements about Web3 that I've made and, you know, how that can be a tool for misunderstanding and all of this. But there is a difference between centralized, decentralized and distributed products or network applications of any type, right? Willie is basically posturing Bitcoin as a distributed network application, which it is not. It's a great decentralized network of stuff that's great. But if I am running and if I'm running a hashing process because I'm mining, you know, as a Bitcoin network operator, I can't drop that process and pick it up somewhere else on a different ASIC and then continue that, um, you know, that hash, the attempt to produce that value. Right. Like he's he's giving Bitcoin this sort of like undue high horse and then this broad brush coming below it. Like my first response was like, is this bait? Like you're, you're just trying to get us to come out of the woodwork to debate that dexes are not sexes like okay debate one what now <laughs> like yeah i agree that's what it felt like to me when i was reading it i was like okay like i don't even want to engage in this because it seems baby yeah, like agree and at the same time it's it's like it's it's now worth a discussion because there's so much like rallying behind it just, just to touch on it really fast like there's lots of common misuses of the phrase web3 i think we should be focused on it as read write execute there's an inherent problem with that because you're not specifying execute uh, who or what's environment, you know, who's hosting, et cetera. But I, I think that's the that's the next realm of us figuring shit out, excuse me, that just wasn't clear for Web 2 when it was very clear for Web 2 and, you know, nascent versions of the Internet. It was, OK, I host a BBS. Therefore, when you post on my board, I have the ability to remove you from my board like the the. The, the changing conversation moving forward and him trying to almost like rewind the clock is him describing how Ethereum and other um, non-Bitcoin blockchains don't replace modern fintech. It's it was like it's totally unexpected in left field for someone like Willie Wu to say this. You'd figure he would, you know, start asking questions or, you know, be a little bit more on the curious side, be open to like, OK, I understand Ethereum doesn't solve everything, but what's the purpose of this Java virtual machine? And um, it just came out, came down kind of hard. I, I wonder if we want to pick apart um, a certain area because like the Sybil attack thing, I, I think, you know, like 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 you were saying for a second tank, I, I think it's worth a mention because there is no 100% Sybil attack resistant protocol. There are, you know, rate limiting tools. There are, you know, different incentives that keep people from blasting a mempool, but it's still possible. So I, I wonder what his intention was because he repeated 
uh, Sybil as a concern like multiple times. You know, he he touched on identity and made these sort of like allusions to regulation and stuff. But Sybil attacks is what he touched multiple times. And I, I wondered, is, is he just so obsessed with the large mempool of Bitcoin that he feels like that's a um, an attack mitigator? Because it, it seems to be, but it's just a cost scheduler. You, you, you choose, OK, I want to spend a million dollars an hour to attack the mempool. Now I can. You know, it's not that different from other protocols. Yeah, I, I just I think that the um, the amount of information that was provided here that is like so hard to just work backwards through like it, it is tough to pick a um, spot to work from. I'm looking at the thread right now. Um, I want looking I at the even a just difficult, <laughs> a little something that had to be yeah, picked sure. apart um, because it was a lot. And I wanted also to get other people's viewpoints because I was in agreement with him in a lot of this. But now that you guys are saying that it, they're two different things, maybe I didn't fully understand what I was reading. No, you're good. I mean, like it, the the idea that Ethereum should replace some Web2 things because it does it better, I think makes a lot of sense. But him looking for those things is like, no, it's not going to replace Robinhood and no, it's not going to replace a centralized exchange. So seamless fintech interop across the web using MetaMask. I think that's probably the most reasonable thing here to, to kind of like attack or sit with is that he was looking at one, uh, one, one software and service provider because we're assuming that he wants Infura as the you know, fast relay network behind this. You know, he's suggesting that this one tool that was designed for Ethereum kind of in a pinch um, should be, you know, the thing that all blockchains work with. Like near protocol has become co uh, uh, compatible with MetaMask recently. I don't think that necessarily makes sense. They had to Frankenstein a tiny version of Ethereum to interact with their um, their runtimes, basically. Should should we all be doing that to, uh, you know, appease people who want to use MetaMask like Willy Woo driving that um, forward as a, hey, we should do this, or this is an argument that should be made. So, so left field, so confusing. Hey, MB, I haven't um, heard from you. Uh, did you want to chime in on this? Or Yeah, but no, I'm just, um, just listening in here to the, um, the guys that obviously know a lot more about it than I do. But um, yeah, look, I, I felt the same. It, it did feel like a bit of a bait, bait post. Um, without fully comprehending, you know, what, where it was going. Um, yeah, look, the only thing I wanted to chime in with perhaps was, um, you know, like I'd been reading an article earlier. It was a, what is it? It's a Delphi, Delphi annual report about DeFi, and it touches on civil resistance and um, goes on to talk about the potential for, you know, this whole space to have to come to terms with biometric authentication as a way to um, deal with that. And um, I thought that was interesting, though I haven't fully um, finished what I was reading. Um, that's, yeah, I'll just leave it there. You guys continue. And this is where I feel like they're pushing the narrative of having, you know, identifiers or some way to identify you on the blockchain. Um, because if he's, you know, trying to say that, you know, we need a centralized entity or a party to trust, um, then that party has to be trusted with our information, correct? So it ha there has to be a centralized, a centralized um, entity, right? If we're giving our information I mean, I to create these identifiers for, you know, being able to have DeFi. Like, he, he's setting up this conversation where the only uh, response to a hammer is a nail, right? Like, because we've only known identity as driver's licenses and social security numbers and things like that, that we have to reduce fintech to that, that there isn't a, you know, like reasonable enough validation that I made my Ethereum wallet on a United States IP address. And that IP address was bound to a physical address. Like th this data exists. We're, we're not using it at the moment. But he's suggesting, ultimately, I think that we we kind of need to use these things as a interconnect layer. Um, there's a, another comment of his that we can focus on. Uh, it says ability to peer into the global state across L all L1s by any DAP. Uh, and he says um, L1s cannot peer into the state of other L1s broken. I, I, I'm really questioning his credentials when I read this because there is not a SaaS application today that can automatically peer up with another SaaS application 
you got to make room for that. You have to sometimes change backend stuff like tables. Sometimes you have to change front end stuff like little JSON calls. But the the idea that this is broken, as he's saying, is just not true. It's it's young. It's not done yet. But the identity thing being woven into this includes that like really concerning dystopian context, right? But it, it, it's a um, it's a it's an allusion to this need for all L1s to talk to all L1s, and um, I I think that's actually a really interesting conversation for this group because more than most others were comfortable with IBC as a standard for fungible token transfers, but not so much for app data transfers or for you know L1 like base layer information transfers. Like hey, I've made a block. Here's a notification. We don't really do that. So I wonder what you guys think about this. Um, this need, this demand that he has, because he, he seems to be saying that if L1s can collaborate effectively, i.e. if L1s can talk to each other without another layer unifying them, then that meets like half of his requirements or concerns. See what I'm saying? Yeah, like he only has two major concerns and that one is, you know, you know, it would it would it would be an intractable problem. Because currently he thinks it's an intractable problem because they're never going to be able to peer into the global state across layer ones. Right? Yeah, I, I remember working with Salesforce tools pretty early in my career and people said roughly the same thing is like, oh, if we choose to enter this data here, we're not going to be able to get this data into another tool without, you know, some off net really complicated, you know, extra work to, to change the format of the entire data set this is so similar it's like he's expecting these things way early without incentives for them to come together it's confusing you know like i'm i'm sure that he spends lots of time in bitcoin but this was the uh you know the kind of like surprise i don't spend that much other time with other chains uh, i think the aws comment is probably the most like honest thing that that resonated with us as a group of like hey we do know that people just deploy stuff and call it a blockchain and surprise, it's all running in like, you know, two AWS data centers. So, you know, tip of the head in that regard, like, yes, unfortunately, that's true. But this feels like way punching down. Yeah, I was um, it was a lot for me. That's why I was like, I think I want to get some some people's uh, opinions and, and thoughts on this. So that's why I wanted to use it as a in topic and switch things up a little bit uh, for the show. Um, since we have some time, because um, the show runs about 45 minutes, uh, can we maybe talk me a little bit about uh, the different projects you guys are involved in just a little bit. Um, maybe MB, you can tell us a little bit about what you do with Orbital Command. Um, Sheldon, you can tell us what you do. And then Tank, you can, you know, give us a rundown about what's going on with the Maneki Mint and the IBC gang. Yeah, sure, B. Um, happy to. Um, so yeah, Orbital Command is a, is a validator on Osmosis and um, Terra. We work with supporting some of the other chains and we're hoping to cooperate more with Say and um, um, some others. But, yeah, look, um, it's a community validator that started off in um, on Terra, and it's the main place that we support still. And, yeah, look, I'm, I'm involved in a community role um, with the Discord and uh, also supporting you know, many of the other protocols within the Terra ecosystem. So that kind of thing. Nothing nothing jumps out at the moment that I could, I could really launch into. Um, yeah, the only other project which I find interesting right now, um, personally, is um, what's happening with Lavana, the um, the GameFi project, which has left Terra now on Juno, and um, yeah, going through a few changes themselves. But um, yeah, I've, that's one to look out for, I think, which hopefully will find its legs in uh, 2023. I personally hope so anyway. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I was reading your um, bio on the Orbital Command team. And it says um, planning and corporate development and digital market marketing, DeFi investor, certified Terraist. <laughs> and uh, you say we grow when we help others on their journey. And um, I do feel like that a lot about or Orbital Command, where you guys are constantly trying to provide information, even weekly calls, you know, where you guys are just chatting about the different things you've discovered or, you know, different subjects. So. I just wanted to say that, you know, I definitely enjoy that about the about Orbital Command. Um, and uh, Sheldon, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Hey, guys. So I'm stationed in Miami right now. I might be floating around Asia a little bit this quarter. 
but I'm very proud that Octopus Network has been working on some interesting IBC stuff. Um, you'll notice comparing my rhetoric to sort of mid 2022 to what I'm talking about now that ICS 10 get, did get held up a little bit. Um, ICS 10 is currently sort of entangled in ICS 11, basically just a standard for, you know, bridging uh, should not ignore either uh, block headers or block finalization. It has to touch both of those things. So a little bit of chicken and egg there, but it's moving along gradually. You can see Composable working on ICS 11, making little modifications to ICS 10 and, you know, uh, referencing that in their tests. So um, that's the uh, most Cosmos relevant work that we're very proud of. Um, on the other side of things, the app chains in our ecosystem are substrate. So we spend time, you know, hanging out with Polkadot folks, but um, we believe in a, a larger model, the, the single ring that people hook up to to make their, you know, legitimized dApps uh, trustworthy is, is not the way. So, um, yeah, we're going to keep developing stuff for substrate chains, and hopefully we should have some interesting services for Cosmos chains and prod this year. Awesome. And also, Sheldon, um, this is like a multi-chain show. So if, if there's other things that you guys, you know, with near protocol or other things you're working on, you know, it's definitely feel free to share them. Sure, sure. So um, we are a um, substrate ecosystem built on near. So that puts us in a bit of a funny position to be sort of choosing how and, and what to refine and develop. Um, we've been working on a couple of things, uh, and that includes integrating near protocol governance. So uh, the AstroDAO is the front end for Sputnik contracts. Um, those can integrate with chains in our network. So that means that you're using um, function calls to near protocol sort of interpreted through us uh, to, you know, make changes for your chain on near protocol. So that's kind of an interesting little, uh, you know, two chains hanging out together feature. Also, um, there's a couple of projects that should be launching in our network this year that are using um, validator permissioning. So if you have a, um, a DAP that requires some jurisdiction level compliance or some other um, authorization where validators have to, you know, meet some sort of off-chain trust thing, um, of course, that's kind of unfortunate, but on the other side, we don't want your DAP to not exist. So if you have an NFT on your protocol, you can use that to permission a validator set on Octopus. I, I think that's a cool feature, you know, so that we can get things that would have otherwise been proof of authority chains to just, you know, authorize certain validators via an NFT. Um, obviously, there's some, you know, dangers listed there because they can sell their NFT to someone who's not authorized. But um, I think that's really interesting stuff. Yeah. So again, substrate chains, uh, pending Cosmos chains with near protocol integrations is, is a lot of what we do at Octopus. So thanks, B. Awesome. Um, I do uh, want to just real quickly after tank i want to touch back on the near protocol um saber has shared with me some things and i thought it was very very cool and i just wanted to ask you about them uh tank tell us about what's going on with maneki ibc gang um how you doing what's up i i'm doing uh better better every day guys <laughs> i came down with covid uh just to let you guys know yesterday actually uh my wife tested me when we got back from our trip and sure enough Got COVID, so uh, another old-fashioned for me, and maybe it'll go away. Uh, but in any case, the, <laughs> we're marching on. Uh, Maneki is doing great. Uh, Maneki Cosmos is doing great, obviously. Um, you know, we're just we're just holding strong. Two years going. Uh, it's been a fun ride, and it, it's still. I'm really really excited. If you guys don't know, we got Dow Dow uh, V2. Um, hopefully, going to be released to all of us here shortly so uh everybody that wants to use their nft for wallet mapping or verification uh you know that's super exciting i know maneki uh cosmos and i would say maneki neko um you know i'm looking forward to that for both projects uh ibc gang uh you know we, we've got big big plans for this new year i can't believe it's 2023 um last year you know was I, I'll, I'll be honest i know it was hard for a lot of people but it was it was very, very fun and exciting to be able to, to grow uh, the IBC Gang channel and the community and engage with everybody and get to know all of you guys. Like, that was just fucking great. I, I really, like, some people, you know, for me, it's always glass half full, not empty. Um, but it, it's we're going to do so many amazing things. I'm working on right now uh, a Cosmos meetup of sorts um, here in Nashville, Tennessee, hopefully in the beginning-ish part of spring. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. Um, I'm also working on a very important, in my opinion, uh, community 
proposal for Juno and the Juno network. I think they're struggling uh, as a community, as a network uh, with many things. And hopefully this will address uh, some of it, not everything, but some of it and start setting standards differently. Uh, but I'll be releasing more information about that here in the next coming, probably this week, probably tomorrow, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, so like working on tons and tons of things, you know, the game doesn't stop. The grind doesn't stop. I'm excited for 2023. I love Saber Scenes and your guys' job and everybody over there with Skellies and what you guys are doing, putting on, uh, you know, like this fundamental awareness uh, of sorts uh, when you guys do your spaces and then also the technical analysis. Like you guys do such a great job. Hell, I'm just going to stop streaming on Mondays and just tune in and let everybody listen to you guys. But, um, you know, I, I, I just wanted to add on to what you guys were saying along with EJ. Uh, you know, for me, I'm a long-term investor, guys, and this is not financial advice, um, but kind of going back and, and touching base with what Willie had posted and what we always talk about. Um, I want to remind you guys, like as a long-term investor, things don't stay down forever. They don't. And I'm not saying they're going to go back and break all-time highs, but you know, it, it's it's ebbs and flows. And sometimes it doesn't happen daily. Sometimes it doesn't happen weekly or monthly. Sometimes it's multi-year. Uh, the name of the game is time in the game. You know, like don't overextend yourself. Don't overrisk things. But definitely, you know, I don't know. I, I wouldn't ignore the strength of, of being in the game for a long period of time. And so I'm super excited about the possibilities that the cosmos brings in interoperability and DeFi, even though Willie seems to think that it's all doom and gloom. I, I don't necessarily, you know, fully buy into how he pitched his tent and presented it there. Uh, I get what he was saying, but I don't fully agree with it. Um, I don't actually, I don't in a lot of ways agree with it, but I just want to let you guys know, man, it, it's going to be, it's going to be okay. 2023, maybe even 2024, but cosmos is doing great things. Crypto, blockchain, you know, we're doing great things, guys. Just head down this grind. I can't agree more. I couldn't agree more. So um, um, before we shut, shut, shut it down, I just real quickly, um, Saberstein, maybe you can talk about this because you're the one who shared it with me. And I just thought it was so fantastic. And um, I don't know. Can you share about this near protocol, the, the learning, the courses? Um, because Sheldon had retweeted it and we were talking about it. Yeah, so you're talking about how um, Near Protocol gave, uh, oh my goodness, I have to go find it. I apologize, guys. Um, gave um, free code camp uh, grant to create um, free coding education so that people can learn how to build on Near. That's, yes, that's yes. About, right? I just thought it was so fantastic. And Sheldon we had retweeted it from Quincy Larson. So I just um, was like, oh my gosh, we have to talk about this because it's so cool. And I didn't know if Sheldon had some additional yeah, info too. I'm trying to catch back up with the tweet. Yeah, I remember it and I'm like, oh, I don't remember the details, but I'm, I'm trying to find it right now. Yeah, they've been doing a bunch of different things though, like Udemy, Google, you know, Near is using a lot of its budget to not try to um, necessarily incentivize smaller projects because there are lots of people who are interested in the, the grant program. They're basically taking up this model that's like, hey, what can you do for me? Which is actually pretty reasonable for, for a great program if you think about it. But they're taking some of that same war chest of money that they, they got over the last few years. And they're using that for partners with people like you to me, like Google. And, um, you know, I, I could be a purist about it and say this isn't good. But on the other hand, um, you know, an organization going to bat for a technology such that it can exist over multiple jurisdictions and help us build some of the tooling that we actually need to do different things in the space. I'm for that. And just to, you know, meet the appropriate audience, I think it's, it's worth noting um, NEP364, NEP366, and NEP384 are all uh, improvement proposals for near that are um, basically getting ready for IBC deployment such that sub accounts, the account model on, on near that already exists can be used to automatically provision accounts um, that would own tokens from other chains. So, you know, you need a, a token account the same way that you need a certain contract uh, to be at a certain address. So making the um, auto deployment system uh, for that sort of compatible with IBC means that when IBC shows up on near it's it's not just going to be like one chain and then another few months it's going to throw the door open so 
I think that's really exciting, but I, I need to go back and, and I, I linked uh, find those details. I, I linked it to the top, the tweet, because oh, um, nice. we were talking about it and I'm, we're like, well, why don't we try it? You know, she's going to check it out. I'm going to check it out. Everyone's going to check it out because we love learning. So no, I was just going to say, yeah, absolutely learning. I love learning. I'll never stop. I'll never stop learning. I have to learn new things just to keep my mind going but i just found it really interesting because i know there's been a lot of drama in the cosmos on how to spend funds on different chains and proposals and whatnot and i just thought i just thought it was really interesting and i thought it was really cool that near was giving grants to um provide more education for people to literally build on their like on near I just thought it was awesome. And I see like the first three courses that are out are learn how to set up near by building a hello world smart contract, learn near smart contracts by building a word guessing game and build a sentence making a smart contract. And so I know it says in the course that it took them, I believe nine months to um, get this all together and they're going to slowly be releasing it as um, everything is finished. But like, how could you not want more free education out there? Because, you know, previously you had to go to school you had to like literally go to school and pay tuition to learn what you wanted to learn so you could go get like you know a job and i just think it's really interesting the way the world is turning and that there's so so much information you can find online but you have to you have to go find it you still have to put work in it's not just you know given to you like here you go here's everything you need like you do have to go find it and you do have to work towards it and and you know teach yourself but I just thought that was really interesting. So I had to share it with Bees because she likes interesting things just as much as I do. Hey, I love it. I, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm really happy and grateful for it. And I'll just tip of the hat point out that I do reference back to Cosmwasm as one of the first things that had like free ongoing regular courses. So I'm not sure that it's uh, reasonable to say this is near taking a, a book from informal or from chorus one, but like, yeah, when you when you teach what your stuff is, it's just that much more realistic for it to, you know, not just be this niche product. Right. So I'm I'm excited for it. I'm like the reasons that y'all are, too. But in the the more, hey, how do I have a conversation with venture institutions and infrastructure operators like they're all very happy to see this stuff? You know, it's it's for everyone. Awesome. Yeah. I Yeah, I definitely don't think they're the first because I know there's definitely a lot more information out there. It's just something that was recent that kind of hit home to what's been going on in the cosmos a little bit. And so uh, it's just nice to see, you know, like some positivity on other teams as well. All right. Awesome. Well, uh, we're coming to the end of our show. Um, thank you guys so much for coming to Bare Bones of Web3. Hope you guys have an incredible day. Um, next week, we're actually going to be joined uh, by a game uh, that's on Polygon. They're called Oldor. We're going to be joined by their uh, the creator, Chris. It is an explore the world, fight epic beasts, play, uh, player versus player, um, craft, MM. ORPG game. <laughs> so it's definitely a whole lot of information on there. So if you guys are interested in checking uh, Polygon games out, he will be uh, there on January 9th. EJ, I hope you're feeling well enough to close us out. I don't got much of a voice. Oh, I but, love the voice. Uh, you literally sound yeah. like Barry White. I feel like you're about to start harmonizing right now. No, no, no. Hey, guys, uh, usually we, we sign this off by just telling you guys how amazing you are. But uh, I do hope 2023 goes incredible for all of us and everyone here. If you guys need anything, let us know, even if you're in the listener section. But as we always say at Space Gillies, choose to find the good and the bad, no matter what the situation may be. And we we appreciate you guys every single day. So once again, guys, thank you for Space Gillies and we'll see you next time. See you guys. Bye, guys. Thank you for everything. Yes, goodbye. Thank you to all of our um, people for coming up to speak. And yeah, 2023 is here. Let's do this. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was episode 12 of The Bare Bones of Web 3, hosted by B-Bands with the Space Skellies. Recorded on Monday, January 2nd, 2023. For terraspaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. They say rapping is the gateway, bringing home great pay, checking that replay, sing along and we say nobody gives a fuck around my way. I make about three bucks for every thousand plays, so add
add it up and do the math on that Financially speaking, why the fuck would anybody wanna rap? But in this reality, the money comes from doing shows But then where's the money go when you can't do the shows? I guess you could rap on Cameo I've been asking all my friends if I can rap on the patio Six feet, motherfucker, step the fuck back Doing a little magic, pulling rabbits out the rucksack Not everybody's always in it for the money Looking like another crooked Sunday and I'm working Monday So you know I ain't stressing, left debating great methods Amazed to play Inception, the base stay blessed See, even with these huge sums of overall royalties These sums of money that go to the record label per playback Can seem insultingly small Many rights holders are making around three quarters of a cent Each time someone listens to one of their tracks Leaving only some portion of that for the actual artist You can't even say they're making pennies, pennies per play Until they can figure out how to turn a profit Their future will always be in question But, for now, investors see enough potential to continue to fund Pennies, 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 pennies Another day, another lesson Living in the eighth dimension Might be worth a little mention Living in the Great Depression Got a real regal feel Reeling in another sucker fish Out to make a deal Just to make a motherfucker wish Aw shit, now you only got two left You know what I wish? We didn't have any loose ends You know what I miss? Listening to excuses Now we're on the fence Like we forgot how to choose That's what happens When people don't know what's true In the dark eating bullshit up like a mushroom In the lunchroom Just trying to laugh it off Meanwhile foaming at the mouth Like a rabbit dog Like a fake mate and called at the zoo It's looking like the view is getting disappointed too I'm working on the new shit Trying to produce it It's what I'm willing to go through When I'm making my music